0: presented by X Insurance. X Insurance from the 6 Hour Studios. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom. Mark, Mark Walters. 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 Walters.
2: Mark Walters is out and about. He's not here today, so you have yours truly, Andy Hoosier, filling in for the great Mark Walters here on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Hey, what up! Welcome into the show. Always a pleasure to be able to sit in the seat for Mark when he's out and about. Greg down in Dallas, Texas, with Salem Radio, rocking it today. Mark, Greg, what's going on, brother? Not too much, man.
3: It's the traveling road show, aka Mark Walters. Yeah, so where is he today, Daniel Defense, Yeah. he's out, I think, there, I think? Yeah, he's just down in Georgia at the Daniel Defense factory, um, uh, emceeing a gig. That's fun.
2: I yeah, love doing sure. that. It's uh, getting out in public, actually, just getting out of the studio just behind the microphone, which is fun, which is why we do this on a daily basis. I'm going to be uh, emceeing our Congressional Victory Party here for the Republican Party here in Kansas coming up on election night. I just got asked to do that again last night. And it's our third year I get to do that for our congressman in the area. So getting out and about talking to people, that's what it's all about. And I am happy and excited. So I'm glad that Mark's able to do that today. We have a lot in store for you today. Man, it is a Thursday. And first off, I don't know, I have yet to be down that far south in a very long time. But Greg, what's the weather like in
3: Texas This time of year, do you get the nice 40, 50 degree cool temperatures for the fall in the mornings? We do Uh, afternoons. It's somewhere in the low 70s right now, which is a little abnormal. Usually we're still in the 80s or 90s, uh, and that's usually until about November. And then we start kind of cooling off a little bit. But this year, it seems that uh, fall rolled in right at about the turn of the season. And we've kind of had uh, declining temperatures since about September 23rd-ish. And we've kind of been maintaining down through the low 90s into the 80s. And uh, we're kind of going through a little bit of a cold spell right now. It's supposed to warm up a little bit, you know, a little more. So instead of like 72 or 3, like it has been for the past few days, it might bump up to closer to 80. And then we'll start settling back down again.
2: Man, that's still a little warm for this time. I loved it. So I woke up this morning, and they've been paving our little road where my house is. So we've had to park a block away on the side of the street because they have it all tore up and all the dirt and gravel and everything. So I woke up this morning. I have my shorts on. I have my T-shirt on. It's 31 degrees outside. I walk out. I take a big old deep breath, and I jog around the block to go get to my car at 7 o'clock this morning. And I absolutely loved it. This is the time of year that makes me so happy when it doesn't get above 60 degrees, right about 60. In the overnights, and the early mornings, it's in the high 20s or low 30s, and I go outside, I do my meditation, I take my big deep breath, and I can jog around the block for a minute and just enjoy that crisp air. I love it, and I've been exhilarated since all day.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, checking the temperature right now. We are at 82 degrees in DFW, and I see a couple of reports in the chat, 80 outside of Weatherford. Uh, it's usually a little warmer when you're in around DFW airport, but, uh, because of all the hot breath people that are running around this part of the Metroplex, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're settling right around 80. This is normal for me. It's uh you know, I mean, I'm losing weight, so I'm losing insulation, which means that it's a little cooler to me. And even in the studios, AC is blowing really heavily in here. So I got to run around with a hoodie on pretty much year round. Yeah. You do the, Are you the guy that does like the shorts and the hoodie all year? Uh I can do shorts and hoodie all year long. Yeah, but typically when I'm in the building here, I got the hoodie on. As soon as I hit the outside door, I pull it off and you know, I'm I'm a normal guy. It just uh you know, I'm one of those weird Texans that'll have flip-flops, shorts and a hoodie on. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's
2: nothing wrong with that. I, I'm i the weird one that's uh, negative 10 degrees outside, and I'm in my sandals and shorts and T-shirt thinking it's wonderful outside, and <sighs> people are just looking at me strange. You're going to get your death. I'm,
3: I enjoy it. I enjoy the cold. Negative 10, I'm not even touching the front door. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. I hate the cold.
3: Let's get into it today.
2: Yeah, listen, there's a lot to talk about today that I want to jump in and try and cram as much into this program as we can. And I want to start off with, This Mark may have talked about it or not. I'm not sure. There is a new nominee that the Biden administration has chosen to be a I believe a district judge, a federal district judge by the name of John Frank Murphy. Have you seen this at all? I have not seen this today. You have not seen this today. All right. right, we'll get this. And this is going to be an interesting, the things that make you go, hmm, from the Biden administration on whether, uh, do you have any game show music? We may have to play a game show music for just a second. Here is, second. These, I, I may have one too. I'll have to find it. But it's okay. Here's, here's the thought. Is it Joe Biden being the brain dead Joe Biden that he is, or is it him playing smart and trying to reach across the aisle to look bipartisan going into midterm election season? And here's what I mean. John Frank Murphy has been nominated officially from the Biden administration to be a federal district judge. However, under his list of memberships through his application, he's got his name, the positions that he's held, his information, his birthplace, his education, yada, yada, yada. But under the list of memberships that he's a member of, he is a lifetime member of the National Rifle Association since 2009. Oh, I'm sure they love that. uh, That's the thing. So that's the big question. Is it a gaffe from the Biden administration to nominate a pro-Second Amendment individual who didn't just do it on a whim here recently? And just like, oh, yeah, I'm a member of the NRA. He's been a member since 2009, which either Biden didn't see it and overlooked that part, or it's a gaffe in his team to not see that, or... It's their way of trying to calm down the pro-2A crowd in the country saying that he's bipartisan, he's not after your firearms, and that he actually nominates pro-Second Amendment individuals like this guy who is a member of the National Rifle Association and has been for a while as a lifelong member. Um, Is this his way of trying to reach across the aisle and act like that he's actually supporting pro-Second Amendment individuals?
1: It's going to sound bizarre. I support the Second Amendment. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm sure he does. He also says things like this. Do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 <laughs>
1: travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also so, the man that brought us, care. Yeah,
2: that's, that's it. So while they're losing in the polls nationwide going into midterm election, economically Republicans are up 15 points overall in just general elections, Republicans are up by one to two points nationally. Right now, we're looking at taking near 30 seats in the house of representatives, potentially three to four in the U S Senate, taking a majority there. Uh, That's going to be a close one though. And according to the polls and the experts, they still have a 60, 70% chance of keeping and maintaining the U S Senate. I'm not so optimistic about Democrats maintaining that. I think that we're going to win. So here's the question while they're desperate to find a platform, they have stayed. And I think the last time I was on with Mark a week or so ago, I think we talked about this. The Democrats have not talked about Second Amendment issues at all in this election. They haven't brought it up. Local candidates all over the uh, the states, as far as I'm aware, could be wrong on that. But from any campaign ads that I've seen from Democrat candidates, from any congressional races or Senate races or governor's races or anything else, They're not talking about Second Amendment issues because of the momentum the pro-2A crowd has across this nation. So that begs the question for me in my nice little tinfoil hat is while this guy, I don't know anything else about this guy on his stances on anything. He could be a far left Democrat. I'm assuming he's somewhat left leaning uh, being a nominee for the Biden administration and looking at his other memberships. He's part of the, I don't know, American Chemical Society, the American Institute for Chemical Engineering, Harvard Law School alumni, which puts a red flag in my eyes of where he could stand uh, politically. But uh, along with the Union League of Philadelphia, so he's a union member. So overall, he's still a left-leaning guy, but how many times do we honestly see the application and the, the actual application forms for a federal district judge unless you're going out of your way to look for them? So the fact that this has been dropped into our laps makes me wonder, is there an intention for people to see this? And if there is, why? And then that one stuck out as a member of the National Rifle Association. So Democrats can say, hey, we're not putting a whole bunch of anti-Second Amendment advocates on the courts. That's just not happening. We love, we support the Second Amendment, as Joe Biden says. So that way we can say, don't worry about your guns. Continue to vote for us. We're not trying to take them away. I smell something fishy here. I could be wrong, but I smell something fishy here. What do you think?
3: I agree with you. All of his nominees that I have seen uh, in any testimony in front of Congress and the Senate uh, have had a particular stripe about them. And it's that they are uh, typically, I mean, they're typically in the, in the vein of what uh, Katanji Brown Jackson was and that they were a black female. And that seems to be a majority of the uh, the nominees for judges that they've put up, and they've been radicals. I think this guy is going to be the one sore thumb in the whole group that they put up just to say that they nominate pro-Second Amendment judges and that they are not solely nominating leftist radicals. It could be. He could be the token in the crowd. On the other hand, it
2: could just be a Biden slip up where they didn't see that and he spaces things because his uh, steroids began to wear off and didn't know what he was doing. Interesting to uh, ponder. We'll do some more of that when we come back here. It's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Andy Hoosier filling in for the great Mark Walters. Lots more coming up. Stay here.
1: Daniel Defense advocates for the individual's right to bear arms, which is why they manufacture 100% American-made, high-quality firearms backed with a lifetime warranty. To learn more, visit DanielDefense.com. Welcome back to the show.
2: Welcome back to the show indeed. It is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Andy Hoosier filling in for the great Mark Walter. So during the break, Greg and I were talking a little bit over the break here, and I was trying to do some more digging on this John Frank Murphy, the nominee for the Biden administration to serve as the United States District Judge of the U.S. District Court of Eastern District of Pennsylvania. And the odd part that stuck out during his application, again, usually we don't see these. It's open to the public, so most people can see them if they want, but we normally don't pay attention to who's being nominated to a federal district judge and actually looking at what they call the United States Senate Committee on the Judiciary questionnaire for the nominees. And this is open to the public with their name, their address, their position that they hold or did hold, their their place of birth, their education, their employment record, their memberships. This is their entire resume that they send to the Judiciary Committee in the Senate. And on this list, there is a part of his memberships of what he's involved in, listed professional, business, fraternal, scholarly, civic, charitable, or other organizations. And on there, he is a member of the National Rifle Association, which begs the question, Did the Biden administration overlook that part for a greater good? Did they overlook it because they were just not on their steroids? They need to stay functioning and they were too, too busy talking to the Easter bunny and forgot to look at that membership list. Or is there a more, Um, uh, malicious intent, as you mentioned, Greg, about the reason that they would put someone as a member of the NRA, who, by the way, the Biden administration swore is the number one enemy to the Democrat Party. And they've said it is the worst organization outside of the MAGA domestic terrorists in this nation that they have declared war against the NRA. But yet they're nominating a district judge that's a member of of the nra which is totally out of line here's the crazier part about this is i was during the break doing a little bit more digging on this individual now i take this with a grain of salt this is from
3: wikipedia greg
2: is wikipedia a credible source now
3: uh i I think it really depends on the subject matter um but it's a good reference but i wouldn't use it as a sole uh proprietor of information that is accurate or fair because it can be edited by just about anybody That is true. Here's the funny part
2: about that, and I'll go back to this story in a second. Uh, I was discussing, this has been a while ago, we've talked about the changing of the definition of the word socialism Mm -hmm. on how in the Webster's Dictionary, college-accredited Webster's Dictionary from 10 years ago, the definition of socialism was the regulation of means and goods in the private sector by the government. In today's times, if you Wikipedia it, and look at the basic definition. It's the uh, means and distribution regulation by the people mm. and not by the government. So mm. there's a change in the t- tone there to make socialism look more appealing. I was in a debate about a year ago with an individual on social media, and they literally told me, That Wikipedia is the more credible source because no one looks at college accredited Webster's dictionaries anymore. And therefore, Wikipedia had the correct answer for the definition.
3: Yeah, they're wrong. I've had this conversation. (laughs) uh, I've had this conversation with, uh, uh, you know, friends, children that are, you know, 17, 18 years old in the gym. And they're, you know, I told, I blatantly said that Wikipedia was straight garbage. And they looked at me like I was, you know, growing a third head out of the side of my neck and i yep. told him i was like well first of all you have to understand wikipedia is editable by a, a majority of people that are members or that create accounts on uh, wikipedia and obviously it goes for review to an extent but the thing of it is is that there are some things that wikipedia is actually incredibly accurate about if you go to you know the listings of countries and you want to find out about their gdp or Uh, other things, you know, about countries and nations and stuff like that you can do. But when it comes to political information, you have to understand that there's going to be a big bias when it comes to Wikipedia due to the people that are allowed to contribute to the forum. Yeah, exactly. Here's what blows my mind about this guy
2: that has been nominated for a district court of John Frank Murphy in Pennsylvania. Not only is he a member of the NRA, However, looking at Wikipedia, again, credible source, not credible source, however people take this. I'm looking at Wiki uh, right now, so. Yeah, bring it up and take a look at this and see if I'm reading this right because I'm confused now. What is the number one enemy to Democrats and to, quote-unquote, democracy into the Biden administration right now, the uh, the most radical, horrible threat to democracy right now? The MAGA movement, the Trump movement. Those that question January 6th or question the election in 2020 and the ones that are fighting against Joe Biden. Right. I mean, we have been deemed as domestic
3: terrorists. Right. Yeah. And I would I would say that there needs to be a little bit of an addition here in the description in that uh, they are also the purveyors of the greatest pandemic going on currently in the nation uh, Mm. due to that. It's of epidemic portions due to gun
2: violence. That's right. Gun violence. This guy that has been nominated not only as a member of the NRA, but according to his Wikipedia career page in 2019, and read along with me, Greg, to make sure I'm reading this right. Murphy represented a number of plaintiffs suing to block the Pennsylvania Secretary of State's certification of XL electronic voting machines, challenging the security, reliability, and accuracy of the machines. Yeah, In other words... In other words, he was an attorney who was defending, oh, wait, the plaintiffs. The plaintiffs would be the secretary of state, right?
3: Uh, would that no. be the defense? No, that, that would no, be, that like would be Ma- the ones that's actually pursuing. Mastriano and a few others that, uh, that out of the state uh, legislature there. Okay, so he's actually supporting the ones that are filing the lawsuit. Then here's something right, that, correctly. yeah, I, I I believe that is correct, and if that is uh, what I believe is correct, then he is part of those those dreaded election
2: deniers. Okay, here, I'm just making sure because I want to be accurate on this. I def, I googled the definition of plaintiff, the person who brings the case against another in the court of law. So he represented those that brought the case to yes. challenge the. Certification of voting machines in 2019 for their reliability in the 2020 presidential election. The Biden administration, while demonizing all Republicans and MAGA individuals and those questioning the COVID-19 pandemic and those questioning the certification of the presidential election in 2020, that said that we are a threat to the nation as the most extreme domestic terrorists that Americans have ever seen before, is nominating to a district Judge position in Pennsylvania, a member of the National Rifle Association and an individual as an attorney who defended the plaintiffs questioning the certification of electronic voting machines in that same 2020 presidential election. Am I missing something here on why this guy
3: is being nominated by the Biden administration? What's going on here? I am with you because he's on our side, essentially, and I am uh, kind of shocked that they are nominating this guy. Uh, I'm surprised that he hasn't had some kind of a statement that he's put out in regards to the election laws that were changed in 2019 by the Republican legislature of the state of Pennsylvania and that uh, allowed them to circumvent their constitution and their constitutional process when it comes to voting, because in Pennsylvania, uh, mail-in voting is not allowed. It is uh, an unconstitutional process. And somehow the Republican legislature of that state decided that they were going to change to to mail-in voting before the pandemic uh, to allow for mail-in voting. And they they started to write legislation and they had to stop and rewrite it. Yeah, there's a lot of questions here. There's a lot of issues here. But he
2: was on the wrong side. According to the Biden administration, he would be labeled as one of those nuts and defended that position in court. But yet he's siding with the Biden administration. We got to ponder this when we come back. Stay here.
1: following segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization
2: of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show indeed. It is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense Thinker hanging out with us today. Andy Hoosier filling in for the great Mark Walters as he's out at Daniel Defense today, right? Doing a, doing an
3: MC deal, having a fun. What are they doing I, uh... Uh, press conference what are they what are they doing there do you know uh you gotta forgive me i forget exactly what the uh emceeing event was but uh it's something that they have done for a couple of years and mark has been able to do it uh each year and i think it's only two years old so he did it last year and he they asked him to come back and do it again this year and they're Very also cool. kind of getting a little tour of uh the factory and all of that out there in uh in georgia so it's Kind of uh, him and his wife are out there just really having a good time and, uh, you know, being in tune with uh, Daniel Defense as a manufacturer and as a sponsor and, uh, you know, just uh, promoting Second Amendment. I love it. It makes you feel
2: like a red-blooded American when you go to stuff like that. So Uh, It'd be so cool to get a
3: tour of one of those factories.
2: That would be that would be really cool Uh, to wrap up this conversation. I have to ponder this for a while because my head hurts thinking about this. I'm reading some of the comments on the chat room and some people like, oh, you know, of course, they dropped the ball on it or maybe they're trying to recorrect. I like that one. That comment could it be damage control after Tulsi Gabbard left the party. That could be. I mean, I think they're in a little bit of damage control because while there are a lot of moderate Democrats, I think she's going to take a lot of them with her. I, I have to say real quickly, I love. Tulsi Gabbard, her statement when she left, I think I have it here, uh, was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, the- I can
0: no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who were driven by cowardly wokeness.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, love dude. that. Dude. That's insane. So I think she is taking a lot, and I think she is going to damage the party because right now we have the AOCs that are imploding in the party right now. So uh, good for them on that. So maybe it is a little bit of damage control, but I think this one is either under the radar, number one, and they didn't quite catch it, do their due diligence to screen this guy, or they are making the whole MAGA movement is the worst you know, domestic terrorist group on the face of the earth. They're making that into nothing more than just a on-the-surface, media-driven, uh, agenda when behind the scenes they don't care. They don't care because here's the kicker to this and then we'll kind of wrap this up and move forward, but here's the timeline of how this has moved. On July 12th, Joe Biden nominated him as a US state uh, United States District Judge to the US District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. That was back on July 12th. Yep. On September 7th, there was a hearing on the nomination that was held between the Senate Judiciary Committee On September 28th, his nomination passed the committee by 18 to 4, 18 to Mm 4 in the Senate Judiciary Committee, which means it was probably predominantly run by Democrats. And his nomination is now pending on the floor of the United States Senate to be voted on overall. And again, this is a guy who is a lifetime member of the NRA and supported was the lawyer, the representative for the plaintiffs suing. The secretary of state for Pennsylvania, which if you remember in 2020, the state of Pennsylvania was one of those that we thought had some fraudulent issues with it that was potentially going to flip back to Trump after the challenging of some of these questionable votes that came in. He was representing plaintiffs that were suing the secretary of state for electronic voting machines and challenging the security, reliability and accuracy of those machines in that race. That's insane that this is a guy that has passed through a judiciary committee run by Democrats on the floor right now for the Senate that was nominated by the Biden administration, while in layman's terms with the mainstream media, they would consider him is one of the worst people on the face of the earth right now.
3: Yeah, he's definitely uh, of that stripe, just seeing the things that he supports. But good for him if he's going to get through And I have a feeling that he will uh, be nominated and he will be confirmed. Well, he has been nominated. Um, He will be confirmed. I have a feeling this is a guy that Senators Cruz and um, Senator Hawley and a few other of the good guys that are, you know, Rand Paul, uh, they will all probably easily confirm this guy, um, and he'll make it to the uh, federal court. I, I see this guy sailing right through it. Hey, it's a good thing to have guys that are on our team in there. Um, I hate that if I have a little bit of praise for him, and then it turns out later on that he's you know got some kind of shady dealings or something going on. Uh, but he's my age, and that means he could spend a lot of time in that Pennsylvania Eastern District federal court. So we'll see. Sure. I have a, I have a good feeling he's going to get uh, get the nomination and uh, or get the appointment. I mean,
2: yeah, I, I really agree. And again, I don't know anything else about this guy, but the record is a red flag for us to pop up. And things that make you go, hmm, it's you know, one of these things is not like the other. It, it's mind boggling that this would be a nominee from the Biden administration. And again, is it an oversight from them or is it them? For back down the road, they can say, oh, look, yeah, we're not completely left-wing nutsos because look at who we nominated. So, yeah, we're totally uh, crossing the aisle here and we're totally bipartisan and working hand in hand between the other side. So it's the Republicans unwilling to work with us in this manner. Is that going to be used as the political theater that we're going to see down the road?
3: Um, it very well could be. I just find it unfortunate that both we're, we're both sitting here and looking at a, a judge that would be a great federal judge that would be on our side, would be constitutional, would support the Second Amendment, would support election integrity, and we're questioning him. Like, what is this guy doing here? Hey, congratulations <laughs> to this guy. I hope he re- makes it to the seat and takes it and does great things going forward and rules appropriately and constitutionally. Um, you know, yeah. it's It's so sad that we are in a state of... Uh, politics in our country right now—that even when the uh, the other side nominates a great judge, that we are you know like, hmm, what, what's the guy when hiding? they do
2: something rational, <laughs> then we question on their rationale and why they're doing it. Yeah. Like, what's really going on? <laughs> yeah, that's the level of politics that we're in in the world today. But you know what? It's good, and I'm glad that people are aware, or maybe they weren't aware. I wasn't aware until I started doing the program today and started looking into this. So hopefully this does wake up some people and we can look more into this because the transparency, the oversight, and us understanding what's going on is essential. So if they do try to pull some shenanigans and we're aware of it, which brings me, honestly, to a nice segue into this one. As he is a member of the NRA, there are more individuals that are leaving the NRA. And I know Mark doesn't really... Uh, talk about this because it's. I mean we don't want to beat a dead horse here but uh, I want to bring this up for just a second as there's the new story about the state of the NRA right now and it was on the gunfeed.com today but uh, the NRA's finances show that they're continuously losing money they're losing membership they're still trying to rebrand themselves and trying to clean themselves up after some of the shenanigans that they were pulling earlier and I think right now it's it it sucks because we're in a time when we really 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 need a national representation with the NRA and we still have it to a degree but I'm also encouraged by what I'm seeing if that makes any sense.
3: I understand. Um, You know, we've got uh, people that are represented in the NRA, like Koleon Noir, who is a great advocate for the Second Amendment, a great uh, 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 spokesperson for the NRA. He's a great advocate for guns and gun rights. And I, I really appreciate his commentary on firearms and his diligence when it comes to educating people. So, I think that's what the nRA needs to do more of, and you know nRA, if you're listening, forgive me for not knowing all of your representatives out there, but he is a really good one and I haven't seen too many others that are as good as he is at reaching out to the younger generations i um you know being forty five years old feel like that they kind of skipped over my generation, but you know, there's always time to make amends and to try to you know bring us back into the fold. But it just seems like that it's more for an old boys club than it is for the younger crowd. But colion is a great bridge to get to the younger crowd and to get to the highest popular uh, population currently that is buying firearms. And that would be the black community and black women especially. Yeah, well, and that's exactly
2: what it is. We need that crossover. We need that bridge to try and rebuild those uh, those. Um, realms of communication, because while activism is up and like you just mentioned, while gun ownership is up, while first time gun buyers are up dramatically in this nation, membership of the NRA is declining. So while that said, there's also room for opportunity here because, you know, me, I'm always the eternal optimist and I see a room for opportunity for the NRA to grow and to rebrand themselves and to be bigger and stronger than ever, because Second Amendment issues haven't gone away just the support for an organization and this is a message to the nra and a message to republicans in general going into election season which we'll do when we come back here on armed american radio's daily defense one more segment right around the corner it's andy hoosier filling in for the great mark walters we got lots more to get to to cram into one more segment on a pre-friday celebration stay here
4: This segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now
2: back to the show. Now back to the show. Welcome back in. It's Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Andy Hoosier filling in for the great Mark Walters on radio stations all over the place. And it's great to have you. It's great to be able to fill in. I love it, Mark. Thank you again for giving me the opportunity to sit in the seats and have some fun. Hopefully it's been a stimulating conversation. We were just saying uh, during the break, it's this hour's flown by. I always say my show is the fastest hour of radio on radio. Uh,
3: but his is a close second. What do you think? Uh, I, I don't. I don't do your hour with you, so I don't know. But I, <laughs> I do these two hours daily, and then the three on Sunday. And these of all the radio I've done in my career for twenty years, this is the fastest radio program I have ever been a part of.
2: Well, when you're involved with the conversation and the topic and the interest that goes on here and how people get so engaged with it, I see all the comments coming in through the chat rooms and other places as well. I mean, it's awesome. So that means people are engaged. They're not just listening just for the sake of having noise in the background. like It's an engaged listenership, and that's when things seem to fly right on bio. Yep. So the fact that you guys do that when I'm filling in, I truly, humbly appreciate that and love you guys absolutely to death. You can find me at whosyourreason.com and all my social media and uh, our video streams. So we got a couple minutes left here and I'm optimistic. And here's why, while we're losing our representation at the federal level to a degree with the NRA, who is starting to slip in finances, starting to slip in subscribers and and memberships. I'm still optimistic because I want to, first off, I want to read off some of these numbers. The, uh, the NRA kind of peaked in 2016, according to this report, with 2.2 million members last year in 2021, it was 1.6 million members. And for the first half of 2022, this year, the NRA sitting at right around one and a half million members, which means we're almost a million members short than what we were at the peak back in 2016. Yeah, that's a major drop. At the same time, roughly 20 to 30 percent of the NRA's entire budget are going to legal fees right now, trying to defend themselves Going up to near thirty-one million dollars in legal fees for the organization, that's a cause for concern for them, at least. Yeah. At, I, the, at the same time, Roca. At the same time here, they indicate thirty-three percent drop in subscribers all for the NRA membership since the peak. The decline is not reversing, but continuing. As members haven't forgotten about some of the stuff that they've gone on. So all of that, just reading that article, Democrats would have a heyday. Look at that. Individuals don't care about the NRA. Individuals don't care about guns anymore. Their membership's going down. The fight for the Second Amendment is dead.
3: I mean, that would be the narrative from the other side of the aisle, wouldn't it? Uh, Yeah, I'd agree with you. And I I think that the uh, the the amount of money being expended towards legal fees is probably a reason for the lack of membership uh, or the membership numbers falling. But you also have to look around at other organizations uh, like SAF and, uh, you know, there's a few others. I just don't want to get into the details of them uh, that are picking up members. And so that might be also that there are alternatives out there um, that, you know, people have decided to shift their funding towards while the NRA is the most popular one uh, that a lot of people demonize. There are others that, um, you know, people support that are kind of lower key than, uh, than the NRA is and ones that are actually having success in the courtroom um, where I think there's too many people that don't like the leadership at the NRA. And so they think that this cause uh, is probably going in a direction that they don't want to support and they have chosen to just you know vote with their money. And they have gone elsewhere that still supports the Second Amendment, but they also uh they realize that the NRA does have a role. There's why there's a million and a half people there. But think about this. There's three hundred and thirty million people just as for a round number, and only a million and a half are members of the NRA. Yeah. And, well, and, and
2: how many you hit it right on and there's you hit it right on. There are organizations nation nationally. There are statewide organizations. I mean, I'm a member. I'm a board member of the Kansas State Rifle Association. Uh, there are organizations all over that people are joining, which is why I'm optimistic. And here's and here's why, really, because while we need the NRA, and I want to be very clear about that, we need the NRA. We need that national representation. We need that special interest group in D.C. fighting for two way issues. And the NRA is really has been. And hopefully we'll remain one of the bigger ones doing that one because we need them. But this is encouraging to me because the trend of gun owners, like you mentioned, has gone in the upward direction by a long shot. And not just overall, but with new demographics, with the minority communities, with black communities, with black women, especially being the number one largest increase in gun ownership. This is a sign to me that there is truly transparency in. In the fact that, quote, unquote, we the people run the special interests that are representing us. And when the members of the NRA and not don't like the shenanigans, the corruption, the out of touchness that the NRA tried to create for them, they stop becoming members. They Mm -hmm. stopped paying for them, and it forced them to recognize the flaws within their system, to correct it, and hopefully start correcting course in a better fashion, so that way people will get back on board with them again to properly represent their constituents that are the paying members of this special interest group. This is encouraging to me because this is what needs to happen at the federal level and with every elected official out there, that if they're not properly representing the people that they're elected to represent, then changes need to be made. And I think the NRA is starting to recognize that
3: finally. I, I would hope so. And I hope that leadership is listening to the people around them within the organization that are saying that we, we need to start focusing on drawing more members in, uh, members of all uh, stripes that are within the United States, and um, we also need to kind of rebrand ourselves a little bit so that we are more appetizing to people that want. To. I mean, the NRA should be ten million members strong instead of a million and a half, uh, and, and that's a minimum. And S, you know, SAF should be ten million strong. It, it should be incredibly easy for there because there's over a hundred million gun owners in this country. And we've only got a mill and a half at the NRA, and I'm not certain of the numbers for Second Amendment Foundation and other organizations, Uh, but this should easily be 10 mil. I don't see why yeah. a million and a half. I mean, we're talking about .001% of the population and of gun owners at that extent of the 100-plus million gun owners that there are. It's literally point zero zero one percent of the population of that group of the the larger population that actually donates and supports these groups that fight for the Second Amendment and Second Amendment rights. And uh, I, there, there needs to be something that changes in order to draw more people in. And you know what? I think that's also encouraging with the fact that
2: while Democrats have made you right, the NRA is kind of the straw man, the evil guy that they try to attack. is that easy target. They've created the NRA to be that straw man, to represent the entire Second Amendment community. And while they parade themselves with the fact that they're attacking the NRA and it's dwindling, the fact that people have taken measures into their own hands, they're not relying on an organization to do it for them. They're not doing things Uh, and just waiting around and hoping things get better. They took matters into their own hands to where they're becoming members of other groups like the Second Amendment Foundation and other great ones at statewide and national levels all over. They're buying firearms for the first time in their entire life. They're telling their friends and neighbors to buy guns and firearms and getting security for the first time in their entire life. That They can't stop the Second Amendment community. Democrats, big government, the establishment, whoever you want to call out, they can't stop the 2A issue, which goes back to what we mentioned at the beginning of the show. That's exactly why they're not talking about 2A issues in this election anywhere, at least that I've been able to see nationwide in these campaigns going into the election, because it is so big, they don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. That is it for us today. Greg, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Always, my man, always. Always good stuff. We'll do it again. Mark back at it tomorrow. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. Always an honor to be able to sit into the seat for Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. As Mark always says, uh, carry on, carry often, carry absolutely everywhere that you go. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you guys on the radio.